The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Your Buffalo Bills are headed to the AFC Championship for the first time since 1994 with their win today over the Baltimore Ravens 17-3 in Orchard Park. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate, we're going to discuss this Bills victory today and it just feels so good. We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, we're going to go over stats of the game, our plays of the game, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from amazing followers and Twitters and we have several, I believe we have five giveaways to do on the podcast to discuss today. So uh, just some exciting stuff. Thank you guys all for joining us. Um, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And fellas, we literally just got done watching the Bills uh, get back to the AFC Championship for the first time in, I haven't even done the math yet in my head, 26 years, 26 years. So this is, I mean, we were, we, we I feel like every single week, we talk about another milestone that the Bills have just uh, just made. Another milestone, something, another another hurdle that they've overcome, another challenge that they've triumphed over. And here is another one. The Bills, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't a beautiful game front to back. But the Bills did what they need to. In the end, it doesn't matter. Just like the week before the win against the Colts, it wasn't pretty. But they ended up getting the W. Uh, the same thing again this week. It just, it feels so good. The Bills are either playing right now, you know, the Browns or the Chiefs. And um, the way that they played tonight with the defense playing as good as they played against a very potent Baltimore Ravens offense, um, I feel very encouraged that one of the two sides would step up in the AFC Championship and hopefully make a Super Bowl run. I mean, this is, this is just, I mean, we've never, we've never been at this point. 
on a podcast or in our personal lives in a long time. And I just, I'm feeling it. Um, I'm in such a good spot. Mike, John, John, I'll start with you first. How are you feeling? And, uh, and yeah, what, what were your thoughts? Just some general thoughts on the game itself. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This is amazing. AFC championship game. Oh, the, the last time the Bills were in the AFC championship game, they played the Chiefs, who they very well may play next week. Jim Kelly and Joe Montana started that game. This is ridiculous. Um, Was that the same game that Joe Montana got injured in, I believe? Yes. Yeah, I think he got a concussion, and Dave Craig ended up finishing the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, so if the Browns end up winning, then that will be the sixth different opponent the Bills have faced in an AFC Championship game. They've played the Bengals, Dolphins, Broncos, Raiders, and Chiefs. Browns would be a sixth different team. Only mildly interesting, but... (laughs) <laughs> obviously if the Browns win though the Bills would get another home game whereas if the Chiefs won then they have to play in Kansas City so we'll know tomorrow or you listeners may already know based on when you're listening to this <laughs> anyway this is a train wreck John do you have like a dopamine dump or <laughs> I'm, like I'm on an adrenaline high still I'm damn excited either way. We're, I mean, your, we're, your amygdala is just like fluttering. The, the game just finished. We're recording this just after the game. <laughs> I'm just so damn excited. Oh, that's so good. The defense. How about the defense, right? Like like crazy. Um, only allowed three points. They scored a touchdown. Like They came through when they needed. The offense wasn't bad by any means. They just didn't, they didn't put the points up. Um, obviously the wind was a factor today, but you know, Hey, the, the bills put it together and I, I just couldn't be more excited. I feel like I'm listening to John Madden talk to John Madden. I don't know. <laughs> to Brett Favre. He loved Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> but as amazing as Brett Favre, the player one, let me tell you about Brett Favre, the man. You know, Josh Allen threw a pass today that looked a lot like a Brett Favre pass. Wasn't it? I want to point what, that out. And also, also, at, usually when you get the ball, you want to try to score touchdowns. <laughs> Classic Madden. Uh, Mike, what about you? Thoughts on the, on the win, the move to the AFC Championship, the game itself? What, anything, anything you want to open it up with? I think you guys hit the nail on the head. It's been 25 years. I feel like we need a, a word that means like 25 years. Because the score a significant, is... Yeah. It, it's a significant chunk of time, right? It's... Yeah. Score is 20 years. We need a 25-year. A score in five years? Doesn't sound that good. Score five. What, what would it be? Quad centennial? Quad centennial. Yeah. Yeah. Quad Silver quad jubilee. I don't know. Like it, There should be a word, but something better than quarter century. It feels like forever. Um, it's, it's great to be on this stage again and share it with everybody. Like It, it, it brings the community together like nothing else. And just to bring it back to this specific here and now, like prime time game. I, I would say it's the ga- the game of the weekend. Um, and we get to enjoy it all week. It's great. Yeah. All the way into next week, John, you brought up the point about the bills playing, you know, the chiefs, this would be, you know, another time they played them in the championship. And then the, the time that they played the Brown, th- there was a time that the bills, I remember the last playoff game, the bills played against the Browns. Because that was actually my first memory as a Bills fan, as a kid, because that was 
that was the first game I remember watching, and I think I, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but um, that was the Ronnie Harmon game where where like the Bills were driving to win the game, and they threw it, and it like bounced off Ronnie Harmon's hands, and like that's my first memory. My first memory is disappointment <laughs> from the Bills um, in that game, even though they played a hell of a game, and the reason why it's significant is because. I remember as a child writing a letter to Jim Kelly after that game, and I had my mom help me get like the address for like Buffalo Bills Stadium and the Ralph Rich Stadium at the time, and writing writing Jim Kelly saying, you know, feeling like really bad. Like back then, I felt like Jim Kelly feels how bad I feel right now, so I need to write him a letter and let him know that it's okay to feel that bad because you're gonna do it. Like I was all like you know, PBS kids over here, like, you're going to do it. Like, this is, this is like, you're the little engine that could, you just got to keep trying. And sure enough, they made the Super Bowl, uh, what the year after that or whatever. <laughs> I'd like to say I was, uh, the start of the Super Bowl run. So, um, that, that game to me has significance. And this game was just, I mean, it wasn't pretty. Like I mentioned earlier, the Bills defense was allowing three points to the Ravens offense, even though, you know, it was almost a, a full quarter without Lamar Jackson. I didn't know you were wrapping up that story. There's a lot to unpack. There. <laughs> Did you, I, 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 you can jump, I didn't jump know in. You're moving on. <laughs> I kind of knew you wanted to have some comments on it. Continue. <laughs> first, the first thing that struck me is your the real MVP, and that was your mom. How did you look up addresses back then? <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I, I like. I remember back in the day asking you a question like. Who was that actor in that movie? And if you didn't know that, you just wondered about it for the rest of your life. <laughs> like if you didn't see how that show ended or that, that uh, that like, would well, yep. I guess I have to forget about it. <laughs> that would stall a social get together. That would be the end. Who was the uh, that first uh, Batman and there whatever that in that first movie? Like ah, uh, what was it? Jim Carrey? No, it wasn't Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i gotta you know then you spend 10 minutes thinking about it instead of just you know <laughs> yeah i don't know how she looked it up honestly part of me thinks that like she just like oh just put like one bill's drive or whatever <laughs> it just gave me some like you would tell a child for santa claus like oh the north pole <laughs> like and it just miraculously got there because i got a, a letter back from jim you know saying that you know appreciate the letter and he sent me a uh signed uh picture back which was pretty cool nice you know, the letter didn't have anything specifically regarding what I said exactly, but and you know, a, and, and it had a stamp. <laughs> a stamp signature. It was a stamp signature, <laughs> completely typed. No, it was. And then the opposite side was it said, uh, "Go visit Arby's." <laughs> <laughs> it was. There were coupons on the back side. <laughs> Promo code Jim Kelly, like yeah. When um, you sent that, now would you send a, a another self-addressed stamped envelope? Oh, jeez, I don't know if I did. I, I think my mom might have had the wherewithal to do that. Or I feel not. like that's one of the things that's shifted as you get old. Because when you're a kid, they're like, I'm writing you a letter, and you you make ten million dollars a year. <laughs> I can send this to twice as many people if I if I screw you out of the stamp in the letter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write a lot of letters to uh, athletes? A few. <laughs> I feel like every kid did. But then, if you're the athlete, like now that you're growing up, and you're like, I, I work hard for my money. People, like if <laughs> if we get ten thousand letters, 
I have to mail mail this back to every single one. <laughs> What's ten thousand? Like, what for am like, I doing? Yeah, am yeah, I getting a second job? What am I doing here? <laughs> but it's smart. It's an investment because if you get these fans into you when you're little, when they're little, then all of a sudden they remember you when they're you know in their twenties, thirties, and forties. You know, while you're well past your prime, and then you know you get free drinks at the bar later. I guess I don't know what do you. <laughs> With the advantage of like what you can profit off of at that point. But yeah. Yeah. What? You are a cynical <laughs> bastard. <laughs> uh, so going back to the game, uh, Josh Allen didn't look great tonight. Like, like John mentioned, the wind was, had to have been a factor. Part of it, you know, might've been, you know, Josh really, uh, he airmailed uh, several deep passes. One, he definitely shouldn't have thrown it all because Stefan Diggs was completely double covered uh, deep. Um, but didn't you get the sense, like, when the, after Lamar went out and the Bills were up 14 and the Ravens had, were, I guess, in their death throws, but the long pass where Trey White got beat one on one, like, you're, and your heart is in your throat. Um, didn't you get the feeling that the wind played, like, all game long? Like, it wasn't anything, it wasn't attributable to Allen? Yeah, I don't know if I would. Agreed. Agreed. In general, nobody was hitting a lot of deep passes tonight at all. And, uh, yeah. Plus, the performance field goals and a, a punt that went sideways, like, I, I think it was definitely a factor. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great point about the field goals, for sure. Yeah, there were four missed field goals tonight and one 23-yard punt, <laughs> which went, and luckily, you know, most of those went in the Bills' favor. Luckily, it didn't. It didn't end up. Justin Tucker, one of the best field goal kickers in the NFL, missed two, and they're like, "Oh, he's only missed two uh, in his entire career, and he missed, you know, two tonight." Um, luckily, that didn't end up matter. But yeah, Mike, that play where the undrafted um, free agent quarterback by the name of Tyler Huntley, when he went in, you you, you didn't want to get confident. You didn't want to be like, okay. Okay, the Bills are definitely going to win this, but the thought started to creep into your mind. Like, okay, okay, the Bills might actually win this for sure. Like, instead of coming down, like, the odds are so much better. (laughs) They're, they're like infinitely better. Even before that point, though, they had Lamar's number. The defense was playing great ball today. I, I think they would have been fine even if Jackson finished the game. Yeah, I think that they were trending in that direction, but you know it only takes like a couple of drives for them to get right back in it with Lamar. He just pulls off a fifty-yard run for a touchdown, and then it's you know it's it's the the Ravens. I, I are back think in the, it. the confidence skyrocketed from like for sure. You didn't want to be like, oh my gosh, here we go again. If he had connected on that long pass, but Lamar is an MVP. Yeah, like getting him out to for somebody I've never heard of. Oh, for sure. The confidence went up. Yeah. I, I just don't think I was like worried if Jackson was fin- was going to finish the game. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't some, you know, grizzled season veteran that's behind Lamar Jackson either. It's not like it's not like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Where you're just like, oh man, this guy might actually be able to carve us up. Like there's a potential that this game plan might go better with Ryan Fitzpatrick in as opposed to Lamar Jackson. Like, no, this was an undrafted rookie quarterback. Like that's, the best of all scenarios for the Buffalo Bills because he was probably undrafted for a reason. He's a rookie. He's never been in the spotlight in a spotlight this big. Everything's training the direction. And then when he almost hits Hollywood Brown on that pass, it's just like, 
oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> and not only that, it was against Tredavious White, their best cornerback. And like, Trey, what are you doing? Where were you on that one? Um, speaking of Trey White, did you guys see on the, uh, we gotta, we gotta mention the taint, right? I mean, the taint, the play of the game, just, um, what an amazing play by Taron Johnson to step in front of that Lamar Jackson pass on third and nine, um, uh, in, in the Bills end zone, right next to their end zone. And I uh, just tip, and then, you know, you're just like, you know, oh, should he be running it out? Oh, he's running it out. Oh, okay. All right. Wait, he's got, he's got blockers. Well, Lamar Jackson's really fast. He's going to get up. No way. Trey White is like step for step with Lamar Jackson, blocked him the entire way, didn't let him, uh, tackle Taron Johnson. And he, he ended up taking that taint for, uh, uh, a taint. <laughs> he ended up completing the taint. <laughs> the taint came full circle and it was, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll open it up to you guys reactions when you saw that, um, just the tide changed. Well, I mean, we were on our feet over here for sure. I mean, that was, I mean, and like he caught the ball, like he, he took two steps out of the end zone. Like, Oh, should it be left? The end zone? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, obviously like, you know, we were jumping up and down and it, like, I knew that was going to be the play of the game and the Gettysburg and everything else. I knew like, and then. Just the momentum after that, like it was just ridiculous. It was it was great play, and he and he read it perfectly. Yeah, that was potentially. I mean, even if they just settled for a field goal, a ten point swing at minimum, and then it became a fourteen point swing if they would score a touchdown on that play. And and the Bills, yeah, that was that was huge. It was a good looking taint. I I don't know if I've the taint that he had, the taint that we saw from Taron Johnson a few weeks ago was a good looking. That was so much better. Ultimate, ultimate. That's what I thought we were classing it up and going with perineum. The, the, the <laughs> was like, it's like that poo meme, you know, like where you see Winnie the Pooh and he's just like normal Winnie the Pooh sitting down. That's like taint. And then the one where he's like wearing a tuxedo and his eyebrows slightly raised. It's like <laughs> high, high level poo. Like that's like perineum. <laughs> um, there were, there were so many, uh, followers on Twitter. And Instagram actually too, that uh, tweeted us and messaged us with like you know tagged us in a taint taint. There's a playoff taint. That's a great taint, and uh, it's hilarious. Absolutely nobody. I mean, people probably do know what it means, but the listeners of this podcast were definitely blowing us up on social media, and it was awesome. It was hilarious. I retweeted almost every single one of them that I could that I saw. Um, <laughs> it's a fun time, man. We we had mentioned that we hadn't seen a taint in a couple of years. We were on a taint drought, if we're being quite honest. Nothing um, worse. <laughs> pretty much. Um, Speaking of not seeing a taint, you guys know there's actually a thing called... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, I just can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> Maybe you guys know about this. Maybe you're practitioners. <clears throat> but I was... I did a... I was Googling... <laughs> <laughs> to see if there was another word, right? Like we always want to stay a step ahead. So if it's taint and perineum, like what's the, is there going to be a derivation? Is it going to go to the, what's the next evolution, I guess. And so just like synonyms for perineum and there aren't any. However, there is, <laughs> there is such a thing as perineum sunning. <laughs> perineum sunning? Like it's in, it's out yeah. in the sun? Yeah, you you expose it, I guess that's the right word, expose it to the sun. The idea being like the sunlight beaming directly onto it, like it's has like the special mucous membranes and stuff, like so you get vitamin D and yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just I'm just so happy that we're explaining this because there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast for the first time, and yeah, they probably point. did not expect to hear about perineum um, sunning. <laughs> to, is it every- You're going? Aren't you on, going on vacation, Charlie? <laughs> yeah. You can yeah do research in your neighborhood and report. Should I attempt some sunning of the perineum while on vacation, while at the at the pool at the hotel? <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy doing? Oh, he he's just sunning his perineum. <laughs> he heard that there's benefits to the mucous membranes and stuff. Well, like 30 <laughs> seconds of doing that is probably equivalent to doing the rest of your body for the entire day. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a danger? Is it a good thing to do it? Or are they just saying that this is something that people do? Just something that people do. Oh, wow. That's, that's an interesting thing. That people we'll are, cut. People. We'll cut all this. <laughs> it's too late. It's in there. Um, but yeah, there was that. I mean, that was just. Um, you, we talked about the amazing play. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, Jerry Hughes, I thought had a had a really good game. Um, two sacks, three pressures. Uh, he was in the backfield nonstop. Um, you know, the the defensive line in general limiting the Ravens' run game at the, in the very first drive or so. You know, it looked like, oh, God, the Ravens are just going to just gash this defense, the defensive line, right up the middle. It didn't matter. And then all of a sudden they came back. Vernon Butler, the Bills' uh, defensive tackle, went out. Harrison Phillips went in. And uh, he I thought he did great in uh, Butler's absence. And we're actually going to be giving a giving away a signed Harrison Phillips uh, jersey later. So, so stick around for that. But I thought the – guys, what did you think about the defense tonight um, showing off, you know, it's so funny. Like some games, they just turn it on like they do, and they're a top five defense again. And tonight was like that. I mean, just it just it looked great to to be able to stop Lamar, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks who who can run the ball, but also you know when he needs to, he can he can pass it. Yeah, I mean, you said it after the first several plays. It's like, yep, this is gonna be a long game. Time positions, time of possession is gonna kill us. Defense is going to tire. If it's going to be a close game, it's not going to go well. But, no, they came through, and this is the best defense we've seen all year from them. On the offensive side of the ball, I want to say, like, Stephon Diggs just had another amazing game. We're going to go into stats of the game um, soon, uh, but he was every bit of the part. Josh Allen didn't have a great game, like we mentioned, but uh, Stephon Diggs definitely carried out. I thought John Brown was a little bit of an unsung hero. He had some great catches after going 0 for 4 last week on uh targets and receptions. He he showed up this week. He had some really clutch grabs to move the sticks on third down. Um he was where Josh Allen was scrambling a lot of the time. Um unsung hero, I want to say John Brown um in today's win. And John mentioned special teams. Uh the Ravens special teams had some had a couple of missed field goals, a shanked punt, and then the Bills special teams also struggled. Uh at least you know, kicking the ball with uh, Tyler Bass going one for three, but I'm um, still. I mean, it's you almost have to really stretch to find some some negativity in, in tonight's tonight's victory to get us to to the AFC Championship. Yeah, both. Uh, it's worth noting that Beasley in particular had no catches, as well as Gabe Davis, who uh, might have had that one touchdown pass, but um, but neither of those guys caught a ball today. Yeah, that was that was actually yeah. We'll. T- I, I was going to mention that, John, but uh, maybe even in Wall of Shamers. But um, yeah, that was that was tough, especially in the beginning when the game was so tight. You're like, man, that 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 swing from seven points to three points could have been could have been costly in a closer game. But man, it's so good to see. I mean, the Ravens. Speaking of coaching, 
um, and the Bills, like I mean, the Bills, coaching so well, so disciplined in the way that the Bills didn't give up. They they played to the end, um, every single play, and it was like. Uh, you know, the Ravens used two timeouts in the first nine minutes of the first quarter. And you're just like, I remember those days. And I know that John Harbaugh is a good coach, but I'm so glad we don't. McDermott used to do stuff like that, and he doesn't anymore. And it is so good to have head coaching like that. So good to see a guy that's like so, I don't even want to say frugal with his timeouts. He just doesn't unnecessarily use them. And when he doesn't, because he doesn't, he gets to do that thing where it's like at the end of the half, or it's like a crucial play, like a third down for the other team's offense, and then he'll call a timeout because then he gets he basically forces the other team to switch their play. They line up in their play, the play that they really want to run on third and two or something with like 30 seconds left in the game before they get the first down. Like, no, I'm going to call a timeout. Now you have to switch the play into your second favorite play, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's coaching at its best seeing all these players do so much better than they were doing at the beginning of the season, like Corey Bohorquez, I thought had a pretty good game. Um, a guy that Tremaine Edmonds had a great game. Uh, another guy that, you know, struggled earlier in the season, maybe with injuries also with, you know, uh, working with the line in front of him. I thought he had a good game today. This was just a, a good game. It was just a, an exciting game. It's hard to really get negative about that. I definitely agree with the timeouts. Like week to week, I'm impressed, but season to season, tremendous improvement. I just think, Across the NFL, the timeouts are significantly undervalued, and McDermott like fully appreciates, like you're saying, they're worth so much. And just to burn them when you can't get up to the line fast enough does them a gross disservice. And it seems like they're well past that point. What did you guys think about how close the game? Like, I, I think had the had the roles been reversed, I'd be lamenting this game. And this, like, I think it was a lot closer than the score indicate like I, I think the Ravens could have survived any two of the three uh, but turnovers missed field goals and the Lamar injury like that you can credit the Bills defense um, for sure but it could have been a lot closer yeah and as the, it wasn't as it was in the first half like last week where the, the the Bills didn't turn the ball over the Colts didn't turn the ball over it was close the entire way the Bills just made slightly less mistakes the, the Bills I mean Josh Allen had that fumble tonight Almost cost them, you know, uh, Deion Dawkins got on top of it this week. Last week, it was Daryl Williams jumping on top of the ball. Huge heads up play. I thought it was, if it wasn't for that taint, the game would have been much closer. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the Bills were up, what, 7-3 to three at that point, And it all of a sudden went to 14-3. to three. They could have at least scored a field goal, you would think. Then it's 7-6, to six, you're right in it. And if it's not for the injury, not for everything, that's a, that's a great point, Mike. All those things considered, the Bills only won by 14. And they weren't trying to run up the score in the second half, but they definitely didn't take their foot off the gas. They were throwing. Um, yeah, I, it was still a, uh, yeah, it was still a close game, um, especially after that missed pass by the like uh, the whole. I just the we have to fully appreciate that the whole season can come down to one play where where it could have just as easily been Josh Allen getting knocked out of the game. True. And then where are we? Right. Part of me, I felt bad a little bit for. I mean, I felt bad for Lamar Jackson. I, I, I like mm-hmm. him. It, he seems like a cool dude. Seems like a decent guy. And, um, you know, promising. He's overly criticized, just like Josh Allen. So we can empathize there. But yeah, I thought the same thing, Mike. When, when Lamar Jackson, that could have easily been Josh Allen getting a concussion. And then it's like, you know, Josh Allen did go down one point when the ball was stripped out of his hand and fumbled. 
and he was kind of walking back to the sidelines, and you're like, oh, I hope that's not your throwing hand. I hope you're not injured. And your heart sank for a minute. Like, what happened? So when Lamar Jackson went down, you empathized a little bit. You were you were you didn't want to be happy in the back of your head because you're like, I don't want to be happy in other people's demise. You still, but you still want to win it no matter what, no matter what the cost to a point. But yeah, I what would we have done? What, what would we have done if in the first quarter when Josh Allen fumbled the ball, Matt Barkley was in for the rest of the three quarters? You've been like, well, you know, there goes there goes this season, right? You don't look at that uh, in a positive light, so. I don't know. Barkley looked good against Miami, and they're supposed to have a pretty good pass defense, right? <laughs> yeah. To your point, Mike. Yeah, John, you agreed, do you, or do you think it wasn't as close as Mike? What Mike had mentioned, uh, the back and forth. I guess yes and no. Um, I think you know three and three at halftime. Obviously, it was close. It was a tie game, but it felt like we were still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird because we, and at that point, we only had run the ball like one time with running backs and Lamar Jackson had a little bit more passing yardage than Josh Allen had. Um, but I think, I think our defense was playing a lot better than we were expecting. So I think that had a lot of hope with getting the ball back in the second half and all that. And we had the second half come around and, you know, I think we started to pull away a little bit. Defense played even better. Um, and then Jackson got hurt. Obviously, that that didn't help the Ravens at all. So, I was worried about the. You brought this up over text message between our little, you know, podcast group text, and you're like, I think the Bills' defense is going to get tired out. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. How how long can you guys can you hold this Ravens' offense to what it's doing? And the Bills' offense wasn't really sustaining drives to keep the defense off the field for a while to so that they wouldn't get tired out. And you're just like, man, I hope this is. This is one of those things where the, the Bills defense can just continue to keep up with it when the when the Bills offense wasn't scoring. Then the second half they came out, they had that that touchdown drive, and you're just like, okay, you know, let's go, let's do this, start start stacking points, and they didn't really do that. Well, yeah, absolutely. I was definitely worried about time possession. Like, if if it was going to be a defensive battle, I did not have a lot of high hopes for the Bills winning. Like, I was hoping they would score a bunch of points so that the Ravens would abandon the running game and go in that direction. But no, they, they held their own despite that. And I was impressed. One thing I wanted to ask you guys that we didn't get a chance to talk about, leading up to this game, Lamar Jackson was asked about playing in the snow, and he, he mentioned like hopefully it doesn't snow because he's not familiar with it. Um, he hasn't played in it. And that just shocked me um, for somebody to admit about their trepidation like one i think it was a golfer that said it like it's always i've always remembered it's always stuck with me a quote like if you're talking about the weather like you've already lost if you're using the weather as an excuse i don't know if it was jack nicholas or who but it i was very surprised to hear lamar say something like that and it's the forecast called for snow obviously didn't get it but the weather played a huge factor did you guys have any thoughts about that leading up so um i I love that point, Mike, just in general, because um, I was listening to Steve Tasker on a pod, on Jim Rome's podcast, and he made an appearance there. And, you know, Rome asked him about, you know, what is it like? He said, you you know, you've played playoff games in Miami. You've played them in Buffalo. How how important is it to actually be in Buffalo for these games as opposed to being anywhere else? And he said, he said, Rome, he's like, it's night and day. He's like, you go, you get off the plane from going from Buffalo to Miami, he's like, you get off the plane, the first thing you think of is like, oh, this is nice. 
Like I could get used to this. Like, you know, you're not, you're not upset. Whereas you come from a place like Miami and you go to Buffalo and you get off the plane, you're walking across the tarmac. You're like, like this is, this is awful. You just have, you're just already starting with negativity and not wanting to be there. And just this sense instead of like, it's just it's just a mindset, right? Like I mean, you guys have done this. I mean, Mike, you have family in Florida. Like you've you've gone in the winter time. Like that flight down to Florida is just especially if you're leaving, you know, west upstate New York, western New York, it's just like this is amazing. I can't wait. And that flight back is just you're just filled with miserable people on the way back cuz everyone's like, "Ah, it's going to be this is not 75 degrees and sunny where I'm going." It's a shock. I have right? a t- like a couple different facets to it because on one hand we always crush guys for just using the rote statements that they've practiced with pr people like never giving us anything so for that moment of honesty you kind of applaud them from that perspective but at the same time when i heard that like i i used to fear lamar jackson the mvp the way he could the runs the moves but after that like bill's got this Yeah, it's almost like fighting scared or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm, I'm with you 100%, Mike. I, to be able to put yourself out there and say how you actually feel as a person, as a human being saying like, yeah, I'm not sure. Not a big fan. Um, let's hope it doesn't snow <laughs> like this to show your fallibilities or, you know, ways that, you know, you're just slightly inadequate or not inadequate, but your fears, a little bit of your fears. Um, you respect it, but then, yeah, that'd be like, that'd be like, uh, not in a weather sense, but Josh Allen being like, man, I hope they don't go zone on me because, you know, <laughs> not a big fan of that. But if they do man coverage, I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, not quite, but you get the idea. You get the parallel. But Mike, you, I mean, do you, do you see what I'm saying about the weather, uh, the weather aspect of that, at least? Do you feel that as someone that's traveled back and forth probably more than I, I mean, you've always, ever since you were a kid, you went down to, Florida at certain times of the year, like there is a, there is a, uh, a psychological thing along with a physical thing, right? Yeah, no question. Don't you think there's some level of adaptability too? <laughs> we, we've never discussed this. So you get- well, over time, I think over time, like you do get that adaptability. Like if you live in Buffalo and you're like, this is my team, this is what it's either, it's either I accept it and I get good at it. Or, you know, I don't succeed. Whereas these guys that are in more southern areas of the country that don't get this type of cold, this type of snow. I mean, Baltimore is not like Florida, but it's much more mild than it is in upstate New York where you have lake effect snow. This is a terrible analogy, I'm sure. <laughs> when you, Speaking extemporaneously is sometimes difficult with the parallels. But couldn't you make the case it's like uh, animals in the zoo, right? Like you can take a pole, like the extremes are what you cannot deal with. So you can take a polar bear and put him in a temperate climate and he can survive because it's not extreme. But you can't take a lion and put him in the North Pole because he's not used to that extreme. Like you're dead, <laughs> right? So <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about that? I think that's an like int- if you're from Buffalo, you can go to Florida. Yeah, no problem. And play football. It was a little bit tougher going from Florida to an extreme. What was the temperature at the, today's game? What did it feel like? 15, 20? Probably. With the wind? Yeah. There were still some fans without shirts on, though. Isn't <laughs> that is, a lot harder? Just yeah. that 
I would think so. Absolutely. I feel like it's harder to it's hard to play in Miami in September, just like it's hard to play in Buffalo in January. It just so happens to be that in January is playoff time. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to err on the side of the guys that have been practicing in it for weeks and and see it for you know so many home games every year, late in November, December, and now January. So, all right, let's go into our stats of the game in today's win. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Start with the Bills side of the ball. Josh Allen, 23 for 37, 206 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Devin Singletary leading rusher, seven carries for 25 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. TJ Yeldon touched the ball two times for four yards, two yards per carry. Josh Allen had seven carries for three yards. Not a great running day at all by the Bills, but, you know, they're not built to run. They built a pass the ball. <laughs> Stefan Diggs had eight receptions on 11 targets, 106 yards, and one touchdown. Leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills. John Brown, like I mentioned earlier, eight receptions on 11 targets, 62 yards. Dawson Knox, the next leading receiver, two receptions on two targets. Good for Dawson Knox, two receptions on two targets, 18 yards. Devin Singletary, three receptions on three targets for 12 yards, and so on and so forth. Gabriel Davis. I think you mentioned him earlier, Mike, zero receptions on four targets. That's almost like the stat line of uh, John Brown last week. And Cole Beasley, third and Cole, uh, zero receptions on two targets. So uh, on the Ravens side of the ball, I'm going to do this real quick. Lamar Jackson, 14 for 24, 162 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Tyler Huntley, six for 13, 60 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Gus Edwards. 10 carries, leading rusher for the Ravens, 10 carries for 42 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. Actually, J.K. Dobbins had the exact same stat line, 10 for 42, 4.2 yards per carry. This is a Ravens offense that was averaging 6 yards per carry, so this is an amazing job by the defense. Lamar Jackson, 9 carries for 34 yards, 3.8 yards per carry, and so on. Uh, Marquise Brown, leading receiver for the Ravens, 4 receptions on 7 targets for 87 yards. Guys, real quick, speaking of Marquise Brown, because it just made me think of it, um, if there was one frustrating part about the defense, it was the defense giving up like long third downs. It was like third and 12 or third and 18, and they'd get like a 20-yard reception by Marquise Brown. That was frustrating, um, but I think we're kind of being nitpicky at this point. J.K. Dobbins had three receptions on five targets for 51 yards. He did have like He did have one drop where I felt like he could have gone pretty far if he caught it. Thank God, though, he dropped it. Mark Andrews, next leading receiver, four receptions on 11 targets for 28 yards. Four receptions on 11 targets. Wow. It's, it's worth noting that the Ravens outpassed us. They outrushed us. They had more time possession, more first downs, better third down efficiency by far, and we won the game. Yeah, you, you got to attribute that all to the defense and special teams, right? Most of it, the it's, it's really a combination. Like You, you got that Taron Johnson run back. Um, you've got the... You know, obviously the special teams botched plays, the the punt, a couple of missed field goals. 
the Ravens had some miscues on offense, even with the, the bad snaps. They had like three or four bad snaps. Um, but, you know, they, they didn't, they only had that one turnover. It was a bad turnover. <laughs> it yeah. was a taint, right? <laughs> but, I mean, overall, the statistically, the Bills were outplayed, although it did, it seemed like the Bills outplayed them just by, you know, the, the eye test, right, if you will. Oh, yeah. Agreed there. Um, some cool, interesting stats about Stefan Diggs. He's the first player since Demarius Thomas in 2014 to have back-to-back playoff games with 100-plus receiving yards and a touchdown. Diggs joined James Lofton as the only Bills to ever tally back-to-back 100-yard receiving days in the same postseason. It's pretty cool. Taron Johnson tied Green Bay's George Teague for the 101-yard taint that George Teague, George Teague had a taint in 1994 against Detroit. So Green Bay's George Teague with a taint, before taints were fashionable, by the way, for the longest interception touchdown in postseason history. Wow. Taron Johnson putting his name up on the... Uh, Taints have never not been fashionable, mate. No, well, I guess I guess I uh, I guess I forgot. I forgot in 1994 how uh, how much I would enjoy a taint in t- 2021. <laughs> like younger Nate just didn't just didn't appreciate a taint back then as older Nate does. Um, <laughs> some interesting, some other interesting stats. <laughs> 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 a young starry starry eyed Nate <laughs> just going to the big city for the first time. <laughs> going to middle school <laughs> didn't, didn't appreciate uh all that there was to uh to a good tainter perineum. Quarterback Josh Allen joined Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger as the only quarterbacks under the age of twenty five with multiple wins and a one hundred plus passer rating in a single postseason. So, you know what's funny is we always do stats of the game. We do this the entire season long. When you start to get into the realm of what Josh Allen's doing, and every single stat has him putting with, like, future Hall of Famers and, like, Super Bowl MVPs and Super Bowl winners, like, you're just... This is this is the greatest feeling as a Bills fan to see this progression. Like, and it wasn't just a one-off. It's not just like, oh, this one time Josh Allen had a game that was almost as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like... He demolished all the records for the Buffalo Bills passing, and now he's on the level of like, I don't know, of all these amazing quarterbacks. This is a good time. It's a good time to be a Bills fan. Taron Johnson's taint was the first playoff interception for the Bills since Antoine Winfield had a taint against Tennessee in 2000. Tennessee in 2000. Oh, that was the uh, that was a Music City Miracle taint. John's giving me the the stop. Is that is that stop saying taint or stop saying don't mention the Music City Miracle? Oh, the second one. Yeah. John still loves a good team. Um, quarterback Josh Allen went 23 for 37, 206 yards and a touchdown, like I mentioned earlier. He brought his career postseason passer passing total to 794 yards, surpassing Jack Kemp for third on the Bills' career postseason list. The Bills had zero turnovers on the day, giving them their first ever playoff streak of games without committing a game or with games. This is the first time they've ever had a streak of games without committing a giveaway. Almost had two, though. Last two games almost had two, but had none. Quarterback Josh Allen brought his career playoff completion total to 73, moving past Joe Ferguson at 58 for second on Bill's career postseason list. Second to who, I wonder. Just curious. I wonder who that is. 
Defensive end Mario Addison tallied his second career postseason sack and first with the Bills. I don't think it's good radio when you just ask rhetorical questions and then you don't answer them. I thought that was an obvious rhetorical question. Second to who? Second, who who else could be ahead oh, of Josh Allen in the postseason? Yeah, you know, reading you reading stats puts me to sleep. <laughs> I'm sure it puts a lot of listeners to sleep. Maybe listeners use this part of the podcast to get to sleep at night. Um, Taryn Johnson's taint marked the first Lamar Jackson interception of his career in the end zone in the red zone. Uh, cornerback Levi Wallace recorded his first sack taking down Lamar Jackson for 11-yard out. So that was an amazing play. We probably won't get to that at any point in the game, but um, that was that was a great play by Levi Wallace, especially made up for A.J. Klein jump lining up in the neutral zone. Is there any other frustrating penalty than a player just lining up in the wrong spot? It wasn't even like he jumped. <laughs> you know, that you could at least forgive somewhat. A guy wasn't even in the... He was leaning over the line. Like, guy, know where the line is. And just stay slightly an inch past or before it. All right, so that does it for stats of the game. In today's win, we are going to take a quick commercial break. After we, uh, after that, we're going to go into our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, our wall of famers and wall of shamers, and our giveaways. So stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on this Bills Victory Edition, postseason Victory Edition, the second one that we've ever done as a group, as a podcast. And uh, yeah, it's the second one has been uh, in 26 years. So that's it's, it's a good time. This is a, an absolutely amazing time to be a Bills fan. It's so good to talk to you guys. I appreciate everyone that's tuned in. If you are a regular listener, appreciate you guys sticking with us through the postseason. And if you're a new listener, um, hope you guys are enjoying this, uh, this show. Uh, we are going to go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. Our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, Mike, John, fellas, is I can only think of one play that should be the sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game, and that's got to be the Taron Johnson taint, right? I mean, can you guys think of anything else that it should be? Um, hundred. I mean, we're talking about 101 yards. The guy ran end zone to end zone. Didn't get tackled by Lamar Jackson because of Trey White's amazing uh, blocking ability on that one. I mean, it was just an amazing play all around. Um, do you guys have anything to add to that? No. Mike, no, sweet, start, start and ends with that play. Starts and ends with that play. Sweet Sassy Molassi, play of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Gettysburg, play of the game. Four score and seven years ago. So for for any of our new listeners, the Gettysburg play of the game is the game that turns the tide 
of the victory or loss for the Buffalo Bills. Just like the Gettysburg battle was the the battle that changed the tide for the uh for the union between anyway, you guys know what it is. You guys went to uh you guys had uh tenth grade uh history class. So I mean it's gotta be the it's gotta be the taint, right? <laughs> we're talking all we're doing this podcast is talking taint, 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 and it's it, that changed the tide. I mean, you're talking it was the Bills were up seven three. Uh, it could have easily been 7-6 or possibly 10-3, and the game shifts it. It's 14-3, and the Bills never look back. They don't call it history, right? They call it social studies? Yeah, social studies, yeah. Was it was it, glo- was it global studies then, or am I thinking of – is that what it was in college? I can't remember. I think I it was think college. One year it was global studies because the focus was more global. <laughs> I never put that together at the time. I had no idea. Like, oh, we're just doing social studies. Oh, this is global studies. Huh. Okay, well, I'm just going to go to this class. Like, didn't, <laughs> never put together, like, oh, they're not doing a whole lot of American history in this class. That's odd. <laughs> I agree, Taryn Johnson. Mike, do we have a... Uh, yeah. All right. So I did put this out on Twitter. I'm going to read a few of these because these are really good. Um, I did say, do I even have to ask what the Gettysburg play of the game is? And uh, Mafia Messiah, hashtag Mafia Messiah writes in... <laughs> No, the question is, is the Terran, is this the Terran moment of the game? Hashtag taint. X Rob S writes, uh, the Bills never trailed. When Tucker missed the first field goal, you knew something was different. When he missed the second, you knew it was destiny. Wow. Well put. I almost got goosebumps there. Robert Zach wrote, you just want to see people being excited by that taint again. You just can't get enough. No, I cannot. I cannot get enough. Testacuzzi writes, Terran, interception, and touchdown. So he does his own taint. Well done, Testacuzzi. J&C Bills fan writes, OMG, my wife and I were up and screaming taint, taint, taint for all 101 yards. Our 14-year-old son was very uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, that the... the, the at Bill's Couple New Jersey is is a, is a couple that obviously uh, both listens to the podcast. The pod, they always say that the the family that prays together stays together. Well, the the, the family that uh, listens to the Circling the Wagons podcast and yells taint together stays together, in my opinion, my humble opinion. And I also love when parents don't care and they completely embarrass their children, especially at 14 years old. It's such an uncomfortable age. <laughs> Emmett 21 writes that sweet, sweet taint. <laughs> Tristan McFake name writes, where I'm from, two types of folk, those who taint and those who are knee high to a gra- on a grasshopper. Which taint do you taint? <laughs> I have no idea what that means reading it. I just, th- I just love it. I love that there was also a guy. So because we have new listeners and have either signed, have either completely turned off the podcast or have continued to listen to the podcast, hopefully. A taint is a touchdown after interception. I remember writing that because a lot of our listeners on, on Twitter didn't know what that meant. And then I think it was like Jake from Buffalo, right? Yeah, it means, means something completely different where I come from. <laughs> what would that be, Jake? What would it what would it mean besides touchdown after interception? I, I don't know what that could possibly mean. So the Gettysburg of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Let's go into our Wall of Famers. And Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Let's start with the Wall of Fame. Wall. John, 
Who do you put on your wall of fame in today's victory? This is tough. I, I hate to go back to Taron Johnson again, but I got to go with Taron Johnson. Um, ton of honorable mentions, especially on the defense and, you know, Diggs and John Brown and all that, but um, got to go with Taron Johnson. Taron the Taint Johnson. I, I wrote that on Twitter and someone's like, you got to make uh, shirts about that. And I'm like, I'm way ahead of you for a T public store. So uh, Mike, Mike, you go and tear in the taint Johnson for uh, wall of fame. Yeah. I don't know who else you could have up there. Um, hats off to Leslie Frazier called a great game. Keeping the Ravens to three is commendable for sure. You think that gets him any more head coaching looks? I mean, he probably, I guess we probably would have heard about it by now if people were really seriously looking at him, but I mean, did, do games have that sort of recency bias where a team that maybe wasn't considering him be like, hey, you know, we were looking at Brian Dable, but uh, Leslie Frazier called a hell of a game. Like, maybe we should think about him. Probably not, right? I, it's the way to impress people, for sure. As you mentioned, recency bias, that's what sticks in your head. It's the time to do it. <laughs> the good thing about... Uh, the Bills making it this far is those teams that still have uh, head coach openings. They're gonna get. They're gonna start to get antsy, and they're gonna be like, you know, it's one of those things where what's the saying? One in the hand is worth two in the bush. So they might get a a candidate that they might not love compared to Brian Dable, but just to have him locked down when they see other guys going off the board, it's like you know. I'm trying to think of like a fantasy fantasy football example. Like if you're drafting a fantasy football and you need a quarterback. And a running back or something, and then all of a sudden the quarterback go flying off the board, and you're like, "Oh, I either get like the best running back, or like I lose out on like this tier of quarterback. I got it. I I won't get I won't get Josh Allen if I wait another round. You know, I guess that's the only thing I can think of that would be like a somewhat similar analogy to us. No, you take the running back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what if it's a two QB league? What? What if it's a two QB league? Well. Well, there you go. Well, it's not always cut and dry. Say that up front if it's a two quarterback league. I don't have to. I'm just saying that the example stands on its own. I'm going to give. Uh, what? <laughs> well, whatever. Just change it quarterback for running back, and the analogy stands. Okay. Do you take the the tenth best running back, or you take the first best quarterback? Right. Anyway, I uh, think if Dable gets a head coaching job, it's going to be with the Chargers, right? We yeah. can agree on that. It'll be nice that it's not going to be within the same division. Can we agree on that? <laughs> the Jets are a hot mess either way, so I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be worried about that. But like, I'm I have faith in McDermott and Bean that they're going to bring in the right people, and it, it, you know they might end up promoting from within. You know, if Dable leaves, and I'm fine with whatever they decide because I trust the process. Let's go, Bills. Speaking Super of Bowl. yeah, <laughs> speaking of trusting the process. I bet you they've had, they're so forward thinking that they've thought about who the replacement at like almost every coaching position would be in case it like happened tomorrow. Like, let's say something terrible happens to a coach and they have to, he has to either get fired or, you know, he's out sick, like a Ron Rivera sort of situation. Like they, like they probably have guys in place already. You know, I'm sure Brandon Bean's not like that. He talks to Sean McDermott. Hey, do you ever think about who uh, who might be our offensive coordinator if uh, Brian Dable ever leaves? No, I never thought about that, Brandon. I think this would be a good time to think about it. No, I bet you he's got at least two or three. I bet you he's got someone within the organization that he would promote, and he's probably got like two or three people outside the organization that he would like to talk to if the opportunity came about. 
It's like us with John. Yeah, with John. Yeah. So, um, yeah, dude, like I got another co-host that I could easily <laughs> John's like, wait, what? Um, it's okay, I understand. <laughs> You're like Eeyore. Looks like fun. Wish I could have some. Yeah, it was a good run, guys. <laughs> uh, Wall of Fame, I'm going to give an honorable mention to the lady on primetime television on Saturday Night Football on NBC in one of the only one of the 6,700 Bills fans that was wearing a third and Cole hoodie that several people tweeted, texted me, messaged me on Instagram saying there's third and Cole. Jason Trulio uh, sent it to us over on Instagram. Thank you, Jason. It's got a screenshot of it. I tweeted it. Um, that that's hilarious. That it was. When we set up our T Public store, it was just like, oh, this will be fun. We just make some design Bills fans were like. I never thought it'd actually be, be shown on prime time, which is awesome to see. Uh, appreciate her for. If you guys know who that is, by the way, find her for me. Do me a favor. If you message her over Twitter, find her. She's a relative of somebody over social media, Facebook, whatever. Uh, find her. I want to send her something um, free from our T Public store for doing that. That's really cool. And, uh, and for showing. John and Mike firsthand. You know what's funny is this like takes a dump over the fact that Mike and John hate Third and Cole. They hate the Third and Cole Beasley nickname more than anything. And I I disagree with you ascribing hate. Like there's nothing to do with hate. John and I just object to the rationale behind it. Yeah, I hate a lot of things like war, hunger, homelessness. Yeah, the Ravens. Amazing nicknames. Patriots, come on. <laughs> but amazing nicknames, too. At least nicknames. Uh, actually, you guys it's, are pretty... It's like you have to go through a decision matrix, like how you ar- arrived at that. <laughs> so, anyway... Like, oh, Cole sounds like goal. <laughs> but it can't be goal, so, so what's next? With third. It's like... Cole. Cole Beasley. It's, it's a stretch. Uh, so, I will... Yeah, it is a slight stretch. But anyway, you guys, okay, so you guys don't hate it. Stop it. Whatever, you don't hate it. But I just love the fact that it wasn't like, because we have like, we're very fortunate. We have three or four really good selling designs in our T Public store. TPublic.com slash store slash CTW pod. Three words for you treat, yo, sell. So if you go there, like, there's like our Josh Allen jumping over the haters design uh, the McDermott trust a process where he's sprinkling the process over his elbow, like the salt bay, right? Like that's creative. Trust the process. You have the, you know, you dig, you know, with Stefan Diggs, Allen Diggs 2020, which is like just super played out, but popular. Like this was, you should make it to 2024 now. I, I may, <laughs> I may, we have like several new designs we're uploading um, today by the time you're listening to this, but like that one is not one of the more popular ones and none of the other hoodies or shirts have shown up on national television, but the ones that Mike and John detest, the one that Mike and John detest that everyone else seems to not have a, not care, not hate as much or not dislike. We objected to you saying hate, so you changed it to detest, but that's a synonym for hate. <laughs> What's in that? Hold on. Let me find another synonym for hate <laughs> that I could use for you. Detest is almost like more visceral because hate we throw around willy nilly, right? But detest it's like you have to really, ugh, like wish bad things upon, right? Yeah. Well, so shout out to that lady, <laughs> that lady, for uh, throwing in the face of Mike and John. So thank you to her for doing that. <laughs> X Rob S writes, 
Uh, the Wall of Fame, defensive front seven, Lamar was a non-factor. And of course, the Taint, of course, Taint Johnson, he calls him. I did mention that on Twitter. Should we call, should we call him Taron Taint Johnson? Cause he's had two taints in like the last three weeks. Um, he says, of course, Taint Johnson. Also, team discipline, penalties have not been an issue for weeks now. Wall of shame. 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 The running game. We are going to need some production to see this through to the end. Yeah. Oh, when you don't when you don't run the ball, Rob, um, you have less likelihood of success in the run game. Devin Brown writes in Wall of Fame, obviously for Taron Johnson and that long, deep taint. No wall of shame. What about the nickname Pear for Perineum? It's like it's like one step to remove. Like taint is just too in your face. Because he, he had a pair of taints, a perineum, pair. No, just because it's short for perineum. Oh, you mean like a double meaning because he had the, the pick six against I got Pittsburgh, it. Right? I got it. I got it. Terineum Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Terineum. That's good. <laughs> the only people that would like that are me and John, maybe Mike. <laughs> If Taron, that'd be one of those things where Taron, you'd never catch him wearing it. <laughs> I almost feel like there should be something that distinguishes a pick six from a touchdown after a pick that wasn't a pick six, if that makes sense. What? <laughs> never mind. Dude, I just, I just went great. I just, just went blank there. What did you say? I feel I like. I think you said the same thing twice. <laughs> He said, what if a pick six was like a touchdown after an interception? You can get a pick six, right? Which is a taint, right? Yes. Okay. You can get an interception, and then you score a touchdown on the next play, which is a taint, right? Hmm. Or is that not a taint? You don't even know what a taint is? Oh, Oh my my goodness. Oh, John, you're definitely getting voted off after this episode. Touchdown after interception, right? Once we hang up, Nate, you and I will stay on. (laughs) It's not just a pick six. It's a touchdown. After an interception, it doesn't have to be on the same play, right? Oh, John, I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> What's? I feel bad because John, John, legitimately all these years. No, <laughs> this is this is. I all right. Signing off. For <laughs> John, John, don't sign off. Don't go anywhere. Don't. No. 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 Stay on, please. Um, <laughs> this is what's wrong with the public school system. <laughs> John, so just real quick, what do you think a taint is? I just, I just, and then we'll just tell you what what's wrong and right about it. In John's defense, I would like in elementary school. Oh, what do you think it is? Why you got to make me feel like an idiot? Why don't you just tell me? Okay, well, you were just the one that said that we have to get offline and discuss his replacement. (laughs) Yeah, it is more funny. It is, it is funnier. John, you tell us what you think after interception. Correct. You're just using the acronym. <laughs> you have to go into more detail. <laughs> when I is did. When is the after the interception? I touched on. <laughs> but what time? Is it directly after, like in the same play, or is it afterwards like another player drive? Is it really be on the same play? Is it really just a taint as a pick six? Is that what we were saying? Yes. Is that pretty lame? <laughs> Uh, I, that's what it's always been. If they got an interception and the next play, the toward touchdown pass, that would qualify as a taint. That's even more unlikely than a taint. <laughs> it's like, does it have to be a 
it's like Sunday a, evening game at a full moon. You're basically just renaming a pick six a taint is all you're doing. We're not renaming it. That's what it used to be called before. Me for thinking otherwise, or you guys. It's what renaming something that already existed. Used to be called a taint before the pick six became the cool name for it. Um, actually, no, I never heard an announcer actually say taint, but it was yeah, it was like a, it was like a fancy football stat, wasn't it? (laughs) At one point, I don't know, but this is worse than the whole third and call thing. Actually, not for me. I think this is amazing. <laughs> and I think this is. So, wait. You think, the, John, you thought the offense. So, the defense had to intercept the ball. Then the offense had to come out. And on the very next play, it had to be a passing play. And they well, had no, to score no, a no, touchdown. It didn't have to be a passing play, but they would score on the next play. Wow. I mean, obviously, if it was a pick six, that would qualify as a taint because obviously the touchdown came after the interception. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, all pick sixes were taints. But not all taints for pick six. Yeah. So then the next, the next play there. had to be okay. Yeah. So it was either that same play or the very next play. It could have bled into the next play. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. After, hence the word after. <laughs> so if a guy, so if a guy returned in ninety-eight yards, got down at the two-yard line, and then they <laughs> ran it in the next play, like you never once but, brought up taint no, after interception. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well, why didn't you just extend it to like the whole drive? I mean, it could have been the entire drive, not just the exact play after, right? Or the or the quarter. <laughs> you're you're the one who fucking made this up. I don't... <laughs> or the <Yeah>. half. <laughs> Two games this, ago. This is ridiculous. It's, it's like bowl. It's like bowling. This like is... goes back. You have to consider the whole next drive, and then it's so much right? less unlikely to get to get uh, a touchdown after like the play right after. The interception, that's like, that's like, uh, yeah, that's unlikely. So we got it, John. Unlikely because a lot of teams try to do that. They'll throw a big bomb after a turnover and catch the other team. Like that, like that's a thing that they do. Maybe do we could get the, the, what is it? The Elias Sports Bureau. Maybe it's happened one time since 1960. All right. <laughs> signing off for John. <laughs> John, we don't even need to find a replay. He's putting in his resignation at the end of this podcast. Oh, John. John, let's not take this this win away from you. The, this this was the Bills won, even if you just found out what a taint was tonight. I'm glad that Mike, um, I'm glad that we explained it. There's probably a lot of listeners that don't know after after uh, two podcasts or three podcasts of talking about it's it. It's pick six is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Pick six. Got it. It's, but it sounds. There's these things in life called synonyms. Acronyms, actually. Isn't it an acronym? Third and coal is a hundred million times better than renaming pick six. I agree on both counts. I think they're both really good. <laughs> I'm glad we finally. But how is it any different than like it's a. A point after touchdown, a PAT, an extra point. Like, it all means the same stuff. Yeah, that's a great example. PAT, point after touchdown. It's the next, it's not the same play. Yeah, but that play always comes consequently. Yes, after. Thank you. Sequentially after. <laughs> is that is that why you thought that? that? At least there would be like a logic behind it. Yes, and I figured, well, okay, well, well, interceptions return for touchdowns count. All right, so pick six is part of it. But well, John makes me, me, yeah, yeah. Well, John made me feel better because I thought I was the idiot for not knowing that global studies had no American history going into it in ninth or tenth grade. Just be like, oh, it's another class, and then John's like, you know, he didn't know that a taint meant that. So 
That makes me feel better about myself. Thank you, John. Um, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> you should feel good. Your team is in the AFC Championship. Uh, regardless, if you've gotten one of the one of the three inside jokes on this podcast, um, you could have brought it up earlier. You could have, uh, guys. Sorry, I don't know what it means. We wouldn't have made you feel bad like we did just now. <laughs> um, so Devin Brown mentioned the long, deep taint, and then he said, "No wall of shame." It's kind of like not knowing someone's name. Like he just got in. John got in way too deep. It's like not know, not knowing somebody's name after you've been introduced. Oh, yeah. Like at what point can you ever bring it up? Can't. Yeah. I can't even acknowledge Taint anymore because if it's just renaming pick six, like how can you just rename something? Well, you're not going to think it's funny because you didn't un- you didn't get the joke. You didn't get the joke, so you're not going to think it's funny now. I mean, whenever somebody explains it to you, you're not like, oh, that was hilarious. What's the joke? Because it's a body part. <laughs> is that is that the joke? Because we're we're middle we have a middle school sense of humor, okay? Even though we're in our thirties, and it's just fun to talk about. Yes, our fart jokes not funny, John. It depends. Yeah, see, genitalia. This isn't a genitalia joke, but you know, you get it. Um, <laughs> well, this is John's last podcast. I can tell he's done with us after this. And you know what? I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. Uh, That's why we have the list. <laughs> we're fine. We're like Bean and McDermott. We got three uh, spots. <laughs> I mean, some not as good as John, but, you know. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Wall of Fame, of course, Taron, but damn that game plan from McDermott and Frazier and the play of the entire D. Wall of Shame, the Ravens center. There must have been seven bad snaps and three or four atrocious ones. Right, great point by Buffalo Ceilings. He writes in all caps, I can't scream loud enough. We are going to the AFC Championship. Andrew Naik writes, Wall of Fame, Leslie Frazier, Taron Johnson. Remember when everyone was calling for his head? Yes, I do remember. And Justin Tucker. He also put Justin Tucker on the Wall of Fame. Wall of Shame, anyone who puts Bass, the best kicker in the NFL, Justin Tucker. Justin T- the best. He writes, the best kicker in the NFL, Justin Tucker, missed two kicks under 45. A rookie did the same. He did fine. We didn't do our Wall of Shames. I don't. I, I, we forgot to do that, but like wall of shame. I mean, if I had to pick someone it's Tyler Bass, but, um, like Andrew mentioned, I mean, everyone was missing. So, um, we never actually got into our wall of shames because there really wasn't anyone. Mike Taylor writes in Michael Taylor writes wall of fame, Taryn Johnson, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and bills fans for being classy and wishing Lamar Jackson a speedy recovery wall of shame, Tyler Bass, but that's a nitpick The That wind sucked. AFC Championship game, Dave Thorpe writes, AFC Championship, hello again, my old friend. Sounds It reminds me of, what is that, like the sounds of silence? Long time no see, we're back. Wall of Fame, Wall of Fame the 6,700 fans that showed up, the whole performance by the D. Johnson said he did something? 100 yard, 101 yard playoff record equaling taint. Digs again, what a trade. Wall of Shame, bit windy like. And I know Dave's from the UK, bit windy like. Should I just do, if I know they're from the UK, I feel like I should just do them in, in, an, in a British accent. <clears throat> AFC Championship, hello again, my old friend. Nah, that's pretty That's pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> Dave writes in, 
Wall of Fame, the defense stepping up big, and of course, Taron Taint Johnson. Wall of Shame, the running game, was hoping to see more production, especially when we were trying to kill the clock. Of course, at that point, the Ravens defense does know that all we're trying to do is run the ball. So um, I didn't mind that as much. Gettysburg, the dude they had they had on camera wearing the third and Cole hoodie. He's the true hero. I was told that was a that was a uh, a woman, um, but I didn't get. A, I was just looking from a photo. I didn't actually catch it live on the thing. But yeah, Dave does like to write in and and piss off uh, John about uh, third and Cole. So thank you again, Dave, for doing that. I love third and Cole now. Don't you like being told how to feel, John? I love it. <laughs> Original Hatriot writes, Wall of Fame, if anyone says anything other than Jerry Hughes and Taron Johnson, they are wrong. I love Josh and Steph, but those two should have been talking to the camera after the game. Wall of Shame, get the fuck out of here. Any answer here gets thrown off the bandwagon. (laughs) That's hilarious. By the way, uh, Original Hatriot, and like several of you guys, um, just over the last couple of weeks have messaged us over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and just um, had some really nice words uh, about the podcast, um, appreciating the work we've done. I don't think that that's something you get from every other fan base, saying how uh, seeing how appreciative you are of, of just podcasters like us just talking about the Bills together and entertaining you and hopefully giving some insightful discussion into the Buffalo Bills, your favorite team. Obviously, you're a big fan if you're listening to this, as are we. And uh, really appreciate, you know, obviously, um, you don't have to do that. You taking out the time and saying thank you guys for doing this. Um, it's our pleasure. We love doing this. And um, appreciate you guys writing back to us and letting us know that that you appreciate that. So thank you guys for doing that. I don't think that's typical of every fan base. I think this is something that's special to Bills fans and the way that that uh, Bills fans are built as people, as human beings. Uh, the Bills God wrote, wrote um, Wall of Fame, Taint Master Johnson, <laughs> Frazier and McDermott cooking up a stifling defensive game plan that gave Lamar and the Ravens fits. Wall of Shame, the wind coming off Lake Erie. It's a wall of shame only if you don't say that that was uh, what helped uh, – the Bills defense as well. Gettysburg play of the game, the most beautiful taint I ever did see. Ah, oh, it was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous. So that's funny. The whole time Mike and Mike and I are laughing a lot more than John the last three or four episodes. Now I know why. I was like, oh, John just doesn't really like this joke. Maybe he's just not into it. I mean so much more now. Big R writes in. Love, love hearing from Big R. Big R is in. He writes. Wall of Fame, Bill's defense for shutting us all up after last week. But of course, Taryn with the terraint. <laughs> Taryn with the terraint. I was yelling, come on, Taryn. Like, come on, Tars from Interstellar. <laughs> also, Diggs and Allen. Allen was good enough, a.k.a. better than Lamar in tough conditions. Wall of Shame, no one. Go Bills. Taryn the Taint Johnson, you mean Terranium Johnson? Yes. I like pear. <laughs> of course you did. You came up with that one. <laughs> no, I successfully removed all bias. <laughs> like, doesn't a good nickname, like, it's not the thing. It's like two or three steps removed. Like, it evolves. And that's like something his teammates can call him in front of his mom. You can't be like, hey, Taint, come here. It's kind of derogatory. <laughs> but you like, could be like, hey, pear. 
Repair what? <laughs> Pass the salt, please. I don't know. Whatever. I like pair because of the pair name, but also it's like you, you have a you have a set. You have a pair. I like that. I like that thought. It's got a pair. Oh, you mean... Uh, yeah. So it has multiple meanings. That seems better. Yeah, that's, it does seem better. If Terranium did, wasn't so perfect with Perineum, then yeah. Terranium Johnson. Joe Forrest writes, Wall of Fame, the defense, they were amazing and played their best game of the season. Also got to give it up to Justin Tucker missing field goals. Wall of Shame, knowing we're going back to the AFC Championship game. We are back, America. Deal with it. Absolutely, Joe. <laughs> B Mormon 2020 writes, Wall of Fame, Taryn's mother for producing Taryn. <laughs> I love how we just like, I think we put Joel and LaVon Allen on last week or a couple weeks ago <laughs> for birthing Josh Allen. From now on, we're just conceiving and birthing. Now on, we're just going to put the parents of every single player that we like on the Wall of Fame. <laughs> Wall of shame, Nick, I wear my penis on my face right, but don't say his name on the show to give him more clout. Oh, well, t- I don't read ahead of time, Be Mormon 2020. I'm like Ron Burgundy in Anchor, man. I just read white, what's right in front of me, man. <laughs> Basically, just ignore this tweet. No, too late. You're on. You made the episode. It's good to know you have such a stringent process. <laughs> of weeding these out. Mike Graham writes, Wall of Fame, taint Jackson, baby. His TD put the score out of reach and clinched us a spot to the AFC Championship. Wall of Shame, Collinsworth, because I had to hear him continually call Jackson the MVP, and I had to keep saying, not this fucking year, asshole. (laughs) Dude wouldn't shut up about Lamar. That is true. He did love, uh, Chris Collinsworth loves himself Lamar. Loves himself some Lamar. I don't hate, some people hate Chris Collinsworth, and I do not hate him. I don't, he does mention how much he loves everyone but the Bills, but he gave up, he gave some praise for Josh Allen. I I didn't, I don't hate him. I hate almost every announcer. You just got done. Like, how many do you like, right? I'd argue that I actually don't mind Chris Collinsworth. Like him and. Yeah, but I don't mind, like, which ones do you like? Well, I, that's what I'm saying. The bar is so low because we normally get the garbage announcers because we're Buffalo. So, like, to me, Chris Collinsworth, based on those idiots, he's like he's like the Miss Universe, <laughs> you know? He's like the cream of the crop, right? And, and you know, I, I just don't hate it as much. I love Tony Romo. Um, who do you like? Who don't you like? I like Romo. I don't, I don't like most of them. How about that? Mm-hmm. RTG Marley writes, Wall of Fame, Leslie Frazier, the man with the master plan, and Josh Allen for having a clean game, Diggs and Taron Johnson. Shame, he says, Bass Money. See, this is just a side note. This has nothing to do with RTG Marley, um, but like I've seen it on like Bill's Buffalo Bill's official Twitter account. I don't like people going with Bass Money or B-A-S-S with like the dollar signs. Because it's like you guys are just playing off house money. I know that's what the Buffalo Bills are doing. Like, this is like the the nickname. I like kick his ass T bass so much better. Of course, I came up with that one. <laughs> but like this, just <laughs> <laughs> you know, similar to Triple Play AJ and Terry Neum Johnson. But like, the, you can't you can't give the kicker like the previous kickers, the previous kickers, you know, uh, nickname. Do you guys agree with that or? 
What? I'll, I'll give you a T-Bass, but everything else, like, uh, all the other nicknames and taints and whatever the hell you call them, <laughs> those all stuck. Oh, I shouldn't have even asked John. John's in a bad mood. Mike, what about John? John got <laughs> sour. I'm giving you T-Bass. That's a good thing. <laughs> If if this was John from ten minutes ago, you would have given me everything. But I don't I don't blame you. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed too. Um, Mike, bass money. It seems forced. It's a little forced. He says can't blame all the missed field goal on him because of the wind. But damn man, you're playing in Buffalo. Get it together, Brian Dable. First half play calling. Yeah, that was rough. First half on offense. All right. This is the part where we have so many new people to the podcast. I want to get in some new new blood. Pri- this is this is old blood, but I like it. Private Joker two thousand three wrote. By the way, Private Joker two thousand three did become a private in two thousand three and is not a private today in twenty twenty one. So the, just so everyone wonders, he is not an eighteen year private. He did um, go up through the ranks. How much further through the ranks? I don't exactly know. I didn't ask, but he did reassure me he is not still a private. So that's good for him. Um, very happy about that. He writes so easy. Wall of fame, Taryn, the entertainer Johnson. Ooh, we're bringing it. That's good. That's Taren, good. Taryn, the entertainer Johnson. Honorable mention to the refs for me, not noticing them at all. Wall of shame, Chris Collinsworth bringing up Josh Allen's accuracy as if it's still in question. It was the wind, bro. <laughs> I did kind of wonder before the wind was discussed. I did kind of wonder. I'm like, is this 2019, Josh? Are we seeing not a deep pass, Josh? He also writes Gettysburg, the taint, soon to be a 30 for 30 film. <laughs> Quote unquote, the taint, soon to be a 30 for 30 film. Um, what would the name of the movie be? The taint. <laughs> Just the taint. <laughs> Uh, entertainer. Then some other people wrote entertainer. They like that one. And he wrote, uh, please make this happen. Well, I just, just make it happen. I just read it on the podcast. By the way, uh, here was another, we were talking about Gabriel Davis last week with like him being such a good, uh, receiver on the sidelines, like Mr. Perimeter. I came up with a sideline surgeon, which people enjoyed. There was one listener that brought up an amazing nickname for Gabriel Davis. Listen, it had to do with like toe, toe drags. Like by the sidelines, it was Count Dragula. Count Dragula. Like it? I think you'd you'd be amazed at what you can accomplish when you're not so worried about taking credit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Your favorite nicknames are across the board. <laughs> are ones that you've invented. I didn't invent Count Dragula. Sideline surgeon I did, but Count Dragula. And which which do you like better? <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't ask that because I know which one I like better. <laughs> but I thought that one was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Jason Statham writes, Wall of Fame, Jerry Hughes, Taron Johnson, Trey Edmonds, absolutely massive games from all three tonight. Wall of Shame, anyone who doubted the Bills. This team is dangerous. I've said it for weeks. There is no team I don't fear. I think he means there's no team. Oh, no, it's a double negative. We can't do negatives. Yeah, negative. We can't. I can't figure that out mentally it's like john trying to figure out a taint three weeks in it's just like it's not gonna happen he says it's like an elf that's question or a bill's podcast john's like i'm staying up for this bullshit the mike and mike and nate i was in a good mood before this podcast 
And then uh, Jason also writes, I'm going to try to get some sleep. It's 4.23 a.m. And I wouldn't blame you. We're going to leave it on that. Thank you guys so much for writing in on your Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers on Twitter. That segment is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. I want to talk to you about a few giveaways we're doing. Um, right now, we have a T-Public uh, or we have a giveaway for um, this new partner that we're working with, FOCO. If you find our Twitter account at CTWPod, like Circling the Wagons Pod, we're giving away um, a premium, a Bills premium three-pack of masks. So, like, if you saw, uh, it's these really cool, there's, like, three different colors. It's white, red, and blue, and they're, they have the Bills logo on everything, and they're made by this company called FOCO. You can find them at FOCO USA. Just find that tweet from us. And uh, you just have to retweet it and follow us and them, and then you're entered for this. It's like a $30 value. It's cool. It's free. Um, you can get in on that. This company makes a bunch of cool different items. Um, besides that, like if you guys see all of the the gators and the masks that the, the Bills players wear on the sidelines, those are all made by FOCO. I actually bought one recently, like before the season, not knowing that it was straight from FOCO, so I bought one of their items. We're getting, uh, Mike and John are getting a couple of hoodies from them. I'm getting a backpack cooler. They have a ton of cool Bills-themed accessories. They have, like, Hawaiian shirts. They have slippers. I mean, they have everything. They have this really cool uh, Josh Allen bobblehead where he's chucking a chicken wing instead of a football. And if you're wondering, it is a flat, not a drumstick. So he's chucking that. It's a pretty cool thing. He's in the Bill Stadium, and there's fire in the background. It's cool. Check that out. If you use the promo code CTWPOD10, that's CTWPOD, like circling the wagons, pod 10, as your promo code, you'll get 10% off all of your orders. They just released a Dion Dawkins Let It Snow bobblehead. So if you guys are interested in that, they have a lot of cool player, like Jordan Poyer, uh, Gators, masks, um, all this really cool stuff. Uh, we went through it just as a podcast the other day when we were looking at this stuff, and uh, and we thought this, this would be cool to promote on the podcast and, and give you guys a discount for being our listeners. So check out the giveaway. Um, if you're going to you know buy anything from there from foco.com, um, just use the promo code CTWPOD10 to get 10% off. We're doing an Andre Reed signed jersey giveaway on Twitter. So look at us on Twitter at CTWPOD for that. Um, you just have to retweet that. Uh, tweet and follow the instructions there and then we're doing our three giveaways uh for the people that left us five star reviews on apple Podcasts. thank you guys so much for doing that by the way i always text those to the guys and let them know i appreciate you guys taking the time out and mentioning us somewhere in the review and those three winners are at frankie v29 at frankie v29 the next winner is buff 2118 that's buff 2118 and the third winner is Go Bills UK. That's Go Bills UK. So um, the winners of the podcast get, I should have mentioned what they win. Uh, we're giving away another Andre Reid signed jersey. We're giving away a signed Harrison Phillips jersey. And then we're giving away some DraftKings Sportsbook swag. So our good friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago are giving away um, either some polo shirts or some t-shirts that say DraftKings Sportsbook on them or some uh, snapback hats. So if you are one of the winners that I just mentioned, uh, message us either over Twitter, over Facebook, Instagram, um, email ctwpod at gmail.com. Email us there. The first person that gets back to us gets to choose what you want uh, for your giveaway. and 
Um, thank you guys all for participating. So I think we're going to end it there. We talked about a lot of things. Uh, normally we go over um, the odds for the next game, but we don't know exactly at this point who the Bills are playing. But uh, like John mentioned, if the Bills play the Chiefs, we're playing an arrowhead next week against the first seed. If the Bills play the Browns next week, we're going to have three straight home games um, in the playoffs, which is going to be awesome. Another 6,700 fans, maybe more, who knows, uh, are going to be in attendance for that game. So thank you guys all for that. So, Mike and John, unless you have any other final thoughts on today's win? When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. So, <laughs> signing off for John. <laughs> I had my jogging story, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, real quick, before we sign off. Yeah, t- you told us Morgan Halstead reached out to you on Twitter, said she listened to the podcast while she jogs. So, I was telling you guys how I wore my Bill's jersey when I went jogging. And it was freaking awesome because people would honk at me and be like, go Bills. And at first it was terrible because I was off to the side of the road. And the first couple of people that honked at me, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what the freak? I'm not in the street. What's your problem? And then it's on to me like, ah, oh, they see the Flutie jersey. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you so must- I just think, go ahead. You must have been livid, those first few people I was that were. so blood pressure <laughs> spiked. What do you want me to do? I'm off to the side. I'm in the mud. <laughs> uh, and then when it all clicks, it's you feel like Rocky, man, jogging around the neighborhood. I just think uh, if you've got some Bills gear, if you're out, obviously social distance, blah, blah, blah. We're all being safe. But it's it's relatively infrequent that we get this far, right? It's been 25 years. So it's awesome for a sense of community. Where's that? Where that Bills gear? Wave at each other. Do the nod. It's, it's honk at each other. Give it. Yeah. Was it a friendly honk? Was it like a beep beep beep, or was it like a? <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely Some a difference. Of both. Some of of both. <laughs> uh, but it was just a very emphatic "Go Bills!" Like a "Go Bills!" Yeah, right. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's a good point. If I if I go to take the dog for a walk, the weather's all right. <laughs> rock, rock that Bills. Gear, rock man. that Bills gear. Be somebody. I will. Yell go Bills. It's it's a good time. Especially, man, with with Corona and I think a lot of people feel isolated. You can't be around. It's And it's tough. Uh, <laughs> this is the year that you want to be at the games. You want to be tailgating. You want to be hanging out with your family, your friends. And it's just, uh, yeah, anything you can do to get that sense of community. Yeah, I remember wearing a Bills mask earlier this season at Wegmans and people saying, hey, go Bills, nice mask. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, so wear it, and then when you see it, I feel like that didn't happen. I feel like that didn't hardly happen at all before this season. I feel like it was very rare, especially the postseason, like you mentioned. That's cool. That I mean, because you've been jogging. This isn't like your first time jogging ever. No one ever cared, right? Or have you? Is this the first time you wore a flutie? First time I wore was rocking the Bills jersey just for the game. Mm -hmm. Cool, nice man. Good call. Good call. Well, thank you guys all for listening to the podcast. Be sure to check out the uh, the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network this next week. And uh, they're going to give you everything up leading up to the, to the AFC Championship game. And we look forward to talking to you guys then. So signing off for John. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. <laughs> for Mike. I feel bad. Like John was at a 10 and we 
he just got knocked down. I know that really that really made me look at look at myself and I feel good. I I feel like that you guys are probably feeling a little suspect right now, but No, I, f- I feel amazing. <laughs> All right. Haven't felt better. <laughs> Nothing like tearing down one of your best friends <laughs> in public and uh and feeling like uh feeling great about it later. <laughs> Feel good. What whatever invention you made doesn't make any sense. So you know, whatever. <laughs> now you know how I felt when you guys would tear down Third and Cole. Okay, just saying. Now, John, you and I have to gang up on Mike at some point, maybe at the AFC Championship podcast recap, and just tear him a new one so he knows what it feels like. No, I'm not taking sides. Yeah, yeah, me either. I was just joking. <laughs> so signing off for Mike. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Enjoy the Rockin' with the Bills anthem by Dom Brown. And we'll talk to you guys after the AFC Championship. Yeah, it's the Mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the Mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the Mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the Mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Hey, hey. Who you reppin', what's your team? Who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team. I got that challenge on my team. Like a high Jordan boyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, you're not catching anything. Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of any team. Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean. You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping? Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it. Andre Roberts running back, ain't no just backing. Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction. We got Beasley, we got Diggs. Dawson Knox with the stiff arm, treat opponents just like his Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like defense Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us I said no one is blocking us on top of our division So it's clear that it's no stopping us Google best team in the league and we popping up Hey, who you reppin', what's your team? Who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team I got a salad on my team it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Uh. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division, so it's clear that it's no stopping us. Google best team in the league, and we popping up. Home game for the playoffs, but you already snow. Gabe Davis is a rookie, but he playing like a pro. Uh, going through a table, only time we ever fold. Can you dig it? 17, by to take us to the bowl. Hey, uh, don't you run it? Oliver and Trey Edmonds gonna be on it. We got Corey, but we barely ever punt it. Cause we just running up the score on our opponent. We got Beasley, we got Diggs. Single Terry, by the juke him out of shoes. Make him miss, run it in. Zach also throw the digs. It's for sick. Terry Johnson, pick six to the house. Take a flick. Hey, it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Hey, hey, you reppin', what's your team? Hey, who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, Go Bills!
Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate.